How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is our webcast slash podcast about wrestling and various wrestling topics that you might not hear in uh, some of the more mainstream podcasts. We uh, are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so if you'd rather listen to us, please check us out there. So one of the recurring themes that we tackle here on the Nitty Gritty is we will tackle stables and we will rank their members and we tend to go to the stables that are not nearly as well known as some of the more mainstream stables and so we are continuing with that theme here where we go over the stable and then rank their members and this week we are covering the right to censor often referred to as RTC and they debuted on July 17th 2000 and they disbanded in june of 2001 so it was almost a year and so for those who might not remember the rtc was a parody of the parents television council which was protesting the level of violence and sexual content in wwf programming at the time and so this was wwe's response to it and I hated this group. Um, I really did. I did not like this group at all, and not because they were heels. So these fall into a group of talent that I call channel changers. And so, yes, they were heels, and they were meant to make you angry to a certain degree. But when I saw these guys on screen, I wanted to change the channel. So, and this was, like I mentioned, 2000, 2001. This was right when I was graduating high school. So, you know, the product was still hot at this time. I was still checking into it, but I just didn't like to watch these guys. They, um, it was a group that was very annoying. So they, the uniform that they wore was a white button up shirt, black tie, black slacks for the men, um, and a long black skirt for the women. So that is how they looked and they were, they didn't have the, your standard, standard musical entrance, but it was just alarms and buzzers. <laughs> so like that just increases the annoying, like it really, to me, it really does make you change the channel. I, I just, but I suppose the point was to be as annoying as possible, but uh, that is the basic basics of the group. So Leonard, what did you think of these guys when they were around? We, well, you know, during the Attitude Area, the material got, got raunchier. And as you mentioned, this was a direct parody of the Parents Television Council to PTC, PRTC. And I think we've learned over the years, if something rubs Vince the wrong way, Vince McMahon, he just savages it on the air. And this was him doing this. And I, I didn't realize you were that much younger than I, but I was wrapping up college at the time, mm -hmm. not, not high school. And I wasn't, and I was more sporadically watching. I was aware, aware of RTC at the time. And I think this is one of those hindsight things because as I was researching them and watched uh, some of their stuff and, and, and read some stuff on them, I, I like them in hindsight. I get the concept, I get wow. the idea. And, um, you know, like the name is brilliant, the right to censor. So censorship is telling someone they can't do something. Right. So right to censor is basically saying, I have the right to tell you that you don't have the right. Now, of course, they didn't get too deep into the social commentary. There were 
a few promos. Val Venus before joining had a promo. And uh, Victoria actually got introduced during this period as one of the Godfather's hoes. Right. And Victoria gets beaten up and has a promo in, in the hospital that is basically Vince McMahon's take on the PTC, saying you don't have the right to tell me who has the, the right to you know say what I can and can't do. And you know, it's up to the to the parents themselves to decide what's right for their kids, that they should watch this or can't watch this, or et cetera. So there was some some commentary in there even though it was more just Vince thumbing his nose at these people. So while our RTC might seem hokey, especially looking back at today, for the period, I think it was a strong idea. And, and it was, I think, surprisingly looking back, fairly well done. And of all the stables that we've talked about, the other two so far being the Million Dollar Corporation and the York Foundation, this is probably the strongest stable that we've talked about because they got the best push. They were involved in storylines. They were involved in feuds. They won matches. Um, they won titles. Ivory was the women's champ. Uh, Buchanan and Godfather were tag champs. And Wikipedia had a very interesting stat, which, which I looked up and is correct, that RTC won at least one match at every pay-per-view from SummerSlam 2000 to WrestleMania 2001. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and they, you know, they would some they would lose matches but at least one member of the group won a match until that wrestlemania and that's where the wheels fall off the cart which we might get into some right. uh but you know as we get into the individuals how we ranked you know we'll, we'll probably talk about more about the idea and the concept and and how it, it it went but at the time i don't think i thought much of it but in hindsight doing the research and getting into it i i, I like them I, I think they were underrated and We'll get into it too, but to mention those involved didn't really care for it. Uh, I was going to get to that because yeah, the Godfather yeah. just did a uh, Broken Skull Sessions mm -hmm. with uh, Stone Cold, and uh, he talked about that. He talked about he like I, his words were uh, like I hated it, you know, because yeah. it, he wasn't allowed to be himself. And the Godfather character was Charles Wright mm -hmm. being himself. <laughs> yeah yeah I've, I've read that he wanted to quit and apparently he told undertaker that who was his good friend and takers to some of the events and that's how i guess they got the tag team run because vince was like okay we'll, we'll give you i'll give you i'll give you a belt if you hang out so we can finish right. it. and uh val venus apparently hated it as well I, I watched the bruce pritchard uh podcast where he talked about it and and bruce is right you know what's more fun being this stuff shirt cult member as it were or being a porn star, pretending to be a porn star. <laughs> right. So yeah, he, he could see the differences there. So, um, you know, we're going to get into uh, this. And, and I'll mention something I mentioned in chat off the air. In, in the rank, we've got six people who were official members. And there was a great segment that I found where the Dudley boys pretended to join, but they didn't join for real. So they're not part of the rank. But in the, what happened, I'll go over very briefly, is that they were feuding with RTC at the time, as well were some other tag teams. And I don't remember what the match was now off the top of my head, but they interfered in a match dressed like the RTC with the white shirts and the black ties. And then on the next show, they came out when RTC was in the ring and was pretending to join them. And Devon was kind of doing the testify stuff he did as Reverend Devon. 
And Bubba Ray was talking about how they see now that putting people to tables is wrong and mm-hmm. and having women show their breasts is wrong and and cussing is wrong. But being wrong, but that's being wrong. They don't want to be right. And then they turned and was just a gimmick to attack them. So even though you can find pictures of the Dudleys dressed like the RTC and coming out pretending to be the RTC, they weren't official members, so they are not part of the rank. Just wanted to mention that as a clarifier. No, absolutely. That makes sense. And uh, so the group was formed when Stevie Richards began to randomly appear on WWF programming to cover up the bodies of some of the women or remove hardcore weapons. And, uh, you know, he had uh, taken offense to the Acolytes' rowdy reputation and the, the Dudleys, as Leonard mentioned. And so eventually he would be joined by other people. So that kind of leads us into our rankings. So we will start with our number six pick. So Leonard, what is your number six pick? Number six would be the cat, AKA Jerry Lawler's wife. Uh, She was a member of RTC for, I think just like one night. Right. So Jerry Lawler lost a match to Stevie Richards for the services of of the cat. And uh, she had to become a member of the group. And the next night after the pay-per-view on Raw, she was dressed as like a mini-me version of Ivory, you know, with the skirt and the shirt and her hair pulled back in a tight bun. And her mascara was smeared because she had been crying. And it's a really awkward segment if you watch it because she's being forced to be part of this right if he doesn't want to be so what would have been how this would have played out differs between some people so she left wb right after this and it caused her husband jerry lawler to leave with her right wwe has always said it was because cat had a bad attitude behind the scenes and they weren't getting along she peaced out Cat and Lawler's always said because she left because they wanted the storyline to play out of Cat sleeping with every member of RTC, apparently including Ivory as well, and taking them down from the inside and basically kind of breaking them from the inside. And it's interesting that on the very episode after this, there's a segment where Val Venus apologizes for falling off the wagon and having sex with a woman and it's never mentioned who it was and they forgive him and bring you know hugging you know group hug and he comes back <laughs> and hold. it's so you've got to think that was going to be the cat yeah and somehow they still used that segment but then dropped the idea of her now that whole uh element with her is probably one of the most remembered things that the rtc did yeah. At one point, I actually thought about ranking her higher because of how important she was to the group, but not as a member of the group. And she had a rival faction called Right to Nudity, which I don't think there's ever anybody in that. It was just her saying, well, I have the right to get naked if I want to. And she famously got nude uh, or topless, I should say, on um, on pay-per-view right. at one point. So while the cat and that whole storyline is very important to RTC, as a member... She was only there for one day and against her will at that. So it's hard, I think, to rank her higher than six. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That, that is my number six pick as well, the cat. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, she wasn't there for very long. And so she really didn't get a chance to play out her role as a member of the faction. And uh, it would have been interesting if they had gone through with uh, the, you know, the storyline Lawler and the cat wanted to do. I think that, that would have been interesting for sure um, to see how that played out. But okay. it wasn't to be. So we are at our number five pick. Leonard, who do you have for number five? Number five is Bull Buchanan. Uh, I honestly didn't remember he was a member. Like, I remember Cat was there for a day, but I did not remember Bull Buchanan. And uh, one of the successful things that they did uh, was they had a tag team title run, which was Buchanan and the Goodfather. And I thought it was Goodfather and Venus. Like, again, that's how much I remembered Bull Buchanan being a part of this. Um, he was the first person to join up with Stevie Richards, and that makes sense because Stevie was playing kind of a cowardly chicken shit heel who was saying all this stuff, but he didn't really want to get in the ring. And so using Buchanan in a bodyguard type role, which is something he would do again, he was B squared for John Cena, for those who remember that, um, you know, that's a solid role to put Bull Buchanan in. And he did hold the tag belts here. But to me, he's largely forgettable as a member of this stable. And he didn't do much outside of just being the muscle of the group and just kind of standing there. And as we talked about with some of the other people that are coming up, they had a much more interesting path to get to this point where Bull Buchanan just comes across as a guy that Stevie Richards is able to convert or able to hire because he knew he needed a bodyguard type of guy. Right. You know, and yeah, my number five pick is Bull Buchanan as well. Uh, Leonard and I talked about how our lists would probably be similar. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly how it's playing out here. And, you know, you know, Bull Buchanan was, was certainly a member and they, he did have the tag team titles with the good father. Um, but yeah, he's, he's largely forgettable. He, he really didn't talk a lot and, you know, he really just, you know, to steal a phrase, you know, just didn't have it when it came to the business in, in general, you know, I mean, he was a part of some of their winning streaks, you know, uh, you know, the SummerSlam, uh, Richards Buchanan and Godfather won a six man tag against two cool and Rikishi. Um, the RTC uh, with Val Venus won an eight man tag against APA and Dudley boys. And, uh, you know, so they, they had a lot of pretty big wins. Um, but, you know, even though Goodfather and Buchanan had the titles at one point, they also had quite a bit of losses to their to their credit as well. Yeah, so they didn't hold the belts very long. Right. So, so yeah, it's uh, kinda, you kind of have to put him here uh, because he just was kind of there. That, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. He was just kind of that extra member of the group that, that takes up space. He was lucky enough to be a part of the you know, tag team picture with uh, the good father. So number four pick. Four would be Val Venus. Um, you know, we talked about other, with other stables about how much someone buys into the gimmick kind of affecting their rankings when we do these lists. And I don't think Venus was ever really comfortable being an RTC. You know, I mentioned that up top that he'd much rather be a fake porn star, probably who wouldn't be. Um, he, he pretty much, to me, came off as the same. He was still Val Venus. He just dressed different and cleaned up his language some. But, you know, he was still kind of acting, you know, the same as far as, like, his moveset and how he worked matches and et cetera. 
And converting him and having him join was a great idea, but I don't think he ever committed to it like he needed to. And as I mentioned, he was uh, going against them. He was cutting promos against uh, the RTC. They kidnap him. They throw him in a white van. And when he comes back next week, he has converted. So it suggested that they're more of a cult and they brainwashed him, but they never go into detail about that. Right. He just kind of shows up and he's on the other side now with them. So, uh, you know, he was a huge get for them, of course, at the time. And that was another thing that Bruce Pritchard mentioned was the idea of the PTC were heavily against certain aspects and someone like Val Venus and someone like the Godfather. So why don't we take these guys that they don't like and, 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 and make them the people who are coming after us? Right. So it was kind of taking bullets out of their guns by taking those people away. Right. So I do think it's smart to have like these converts, some of the worst people becoming converts. And you often find that with born again Christians, something against that. But, you know, people who often lead the worst, the worst lifestyles, that's how they find their way. And I think it would take a longer storytelling to kind of do that, where with Venus and we're going to talk about the good father eventually as well, that it would just sort of was they went from A to B rather quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, yeah, this is my number four pick as well, uh, mm-hmm. Valvinus. And, and for the same reason, he, he didn't commit to the gimmick. And I think when you look back on the people that just blatantly didn't commit to the, the gimmick, it, he would be at the top of the list. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure it is hard to have this, you know, flashy high profile character that's a porn star. And then you're going to this character, which is, uh, you know, a, a right to censor member who's against all the stuff that the Val Venus porn star character stood for. Uh, you know, I do think that as you were mentioning, you know, the cult aspect of it, they could have gone in other directions with this group. They didn't. They, they just eventually kind of plateaued and then eventually disbanded. But, uh, but yeah, Val Venus, ha- uh, I would say, has to be here simply because he never sunk, got his teeth really sunk into the gimmick. I think that he could have. Um, he did have a high profile win over uh, China. Uh, but uh, yeah, he really didn't have a ton of memorable spots here. So that would mean we're getting to our number three pick. Number three. And, and I and I think if, if, if the flip's here, it might be here. But yeah, um, but I but uh, my number three is, is the good father. Uh, this is the opposite of Venus. And it's why he's higher, even though we talked about how Charles Wright hated it and didn't want to do it and threatened to quit. I think he committed to it more than Venus did. Yeah. And that might be because he had a lot of different gimmicks in WWE. So he was used to playing different characters and shifting right. his persona. And if you go and you watch the promo where he turns, he does a very good job, I think, in that promo to explain how he saw the light and why he why he's made the change. And it's not so much oh, pimping women is wrong. It's you can't buy love. Love is something that is given freely. Like it's a pretty good promo. It's a good angle for him to come at with it. Uh, And I do like that he changed a little bit. He was wearing glasses. He was doing his hair a little bit different. Right. Um, There's a slight name change. He's the good father instead of the godfather, which is really brilliant. Yeah. Um, So 
as I mentioned, converting a porn star is a great get for them. Converting a pimp and a weed smoker is a good get for them. And even though Wright hated this, and he said he hated it, if you watch it, he's doing the best job that I think he can. And that and that speaks to what the professional that he was, considering that he played so many varied characters over time. Um, so I think this is just a testament to how underrated maybe Charles Wright was, although I think in recent years, a lot of people are starting to appreciate him more. Uh, but um, yeah, I, despite what he might say, I think he did a really good job with what he was given here. And as mentioned, he did, he was part of that tag title run. Yeah. And like you said, like he, the point is, and this is my, this is my number three pick as well. Okay. Um, he tried, like he did try now he didn't like it. And I think if you go back and you look at some of the images and the clips, like, you know, you could, you could see that he wasn't crazy about it, but he did try more than Valvinus tried. And as you were mentioning the name change, it would have been interesting if they had changed Valvinus's name to, to you know, Sean Morley or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it would have gone. And we talked about this with the York foundation as well um you know, similar with the name changes so i think that they could have done more with this group um but yeah the the good father he did try hard and he deserves to be in the middle of this lineup he mm -hmm. deserves to be higher than the other people but maybe not as high as some as you know our number two and number one picks um he did have that tag team title run he was i think uh at least a, a good component of why people wanted to see this this stable if they wanted to see them at all just to see what's the godfather going to do is he going to come back and be the godfather is he going to stay the good father? you know they wanted to i'm sure to some degree people wanted to see what would happen with him in particular uh so yeah um number two number two is ivory who is probably the most successful member of the rtc even though she was the last to join not counting the cat uh, she won the women's title and had a lengthy run with that um, and a strong feud with China throughout that as well. Um, and it ended at WrestleMania 01 with China having her only women's title run, which I think is interesting. Uh, but during that period, Ivory got wins over China. She beat Lita, Trish Stratus, Molly Holly, just about every notable woman that they had at the time. Um, and I thought she was someone who committed to the gimmick. She was already doing sort of a conservative type of thing earlier in the year before she went away a little bit and then came back to join these guys so i think she got the gimmick i think she bought into it i didn't really find anything where she talked about whether she liked it or she didn't um but i think she committed to it and i i love how they kind of changed the outfit a little bit for her like she's wrestling in a full skirt yeah. and say what you will about the women back then but sasha banks charlotte flair oscar whoever you try wrestling a match in a full skirt. Yeah. I would like to see how that comes across for them. And no, Stu, she didn't have the regular necktie the rest of them had. It was like this little string tie. Yeah, I because that's, yeah, at one, at some of the jobs I've had, like if the guys are requir required to wear regular ties, mm -hmm. that is the version of the tie that females will have to wear and from i've not heard one positive thing from any female that's had to wear it so my thought that was even in that gimmick vince didn't want to cover up the boobs yeah like he still he still wanted those to be seen you know on her through the shirt uh but again i i put ivory at number two and i debated putting her at one because i think she was the strong had the strongest run 
in the ring of anyone at this period had the women's title, had good matches, committed to the gimmick. So, you know, and she was again a late addition, but I think it makes a lot of sense adding a woman to the group. And Irie was a really good choice that, to, to be that woman. And I think she works better than if they would have converted, say, China, which would have been weird as hell. And it should be mentioned that the feud with China was because she had posed for Playboy at this time and was promoting the Playboy magazine, which, right. of course, RTC was against. Right. Well, here is where our streak ends, Leonard. Oh, so okay. My number two pick is Stevie Richards. And he is the leader obviously and that's why i put him at number two now he didn't really have a run with a title but he was the guy who started the group i think that this is was a good character for him i think he committed to it i think that he was a good leader for all of these all of these people and you know that that's why i put him here as far as his notable wins you know he was a part of tag matches and things like that with them I, I don't recall how many singles wins he had here. I'm sure that he had them, but uh, he was he was just a good person to put in this leadership role. I don't think he was good enough to be my number one pick, and I'll just kind of transition into that since it's obvious now. Go ahead. Yep. Um, but I put Ivory as number one because of the reasons that you mentioned, Leonard, really, uh, which is that she's the most popular. I think she had the strongest run. And I think that even though we don't know for sure how she felt about it, just by looking at her body language and the way she tackled the promos and the matches versus some of the gentlemen that we mentioned, I think she enjoyed it. I think that she really had a blast playing this character. And out of all the members, she looked the strongest. To me, she was the face of this group in that she was the women's champion. She had wins over all these notable ladies and when you think back to the RTC, I think that she's one of the first people you think of in a positive way. Now you might think of, oh yeah, that's the good father, right? But you know, you think about you know Ivory having that strong run. So that was my logic in my number two, number one picks. Um, you know, it is really close, as I'm sure you're going to to talk about as well. But uh, go right. ahead. I put Ivory. I, I put Richards as my number one by a hair. And I didn't really consider the in-work in stuff by him. As you said, I don't know if he did a lot of single stuff or he got a lot of singles wins. Again, he was involved in a lot of the multi-man stuff they were doing. Um, but he was the leader of the group. He's the one that started it all. He's the one that got the idea over. So I kind of had to go with him at the end. Sure. I think he's a great pick to lead because Richards uh, originally came from the original ECW. And that's where the salacious material kind of started. The Attitude Era started with them. So taking one of the ECW uh, stalwarts and had putting them in this role, and I don't think they ever really touched upon that, I think is a smart thing. I think Stevie Richards is vastly underrated. I think he's very good in the ring, and he's very good on the mic, and he's had different characters over the years. And um, all, always being Stevie Richards, but tweaks in the concepts of, of what he was doing. And but just never kind of got out being that lower card to low mid card dude. Um, but you know, he's also a guy uh, who you know, well, everything I say, he's pretty good in the ring, and I think it's because he got bounced around 
so much by ECW and WWE that he's maybe not considered as good as I think he should be, but he was very versatile. That's probably why he was bounced around. So I think Richard created a good character. He played it well. He got the basic idea over to start with. He led most of the group promos. He was solid in the ring if he didn't have, you know, the title belts and a lot of big wins. I think he was a good leader, and that's why I put him above Ivory. But, again, it's a hair. You know, I, I when we first came on, I, I thought we were going to flip in the middle. That You may have Venus over Goodfather. Right, yeah. That you maybe even had Buchanan over Venus because he had the tag belts or something of that nature. And so our streak continues. We've never done one of these ranks where we've been right from – up up yeah. and down Third so time. we just differed with our top slots here but it was a hair you know if we came back and we looked at this tomorrow fresh you might change your mind i might change my mind right and you know as you were talking there you know when it comes to stevie richards not only was he responsible for starting the group he was responsible for it being disbanded which you know yeah is a notable event you know in a way um you know and so wrestlemania 17 was the symbolic end in that the right to censor lost all the matches that they were participating mm -hmm. in. Um, but it was an April 26, 2001 episode of SmackDown where you had Richards, Buchanan, Val Venus, and the good father facing the undertaker in a four on one handicap match. And Richards was given the last ride by the undertaker and the good father Buchanan and Venus kind of just walked out and left him in the ring. So that is really where it ended. I mean, the last match was contested May 24, 2001, uh, when Buchanan, the Goodfather, and Ivory lost to Steve Blackman, Grandmaster Sexay, and Trish Stratus. What a weird match that must have been. Um, so there were sporadic matches after that, but when they leave Richards lying in the ring, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, you would have Richards adopt a psychotic-type character after this. Uh, Buchanan was branded as uh, rebranded as B-squared, as Leonard mentioned earlier. Um, Ivory would join the, the Alliance. So they all kind of went in their separate directions. The, the Godfather did come back uh, to a certain extent. And again, Charles Wright talked about how it came back. It wasn't necessarily. Yeah, and, Venus, and Val Venus came back as well to right. a certain extent, did different things. And it should be mentioned from what I found, Ivory still wrestled in the RTC gimmick for about a month for after a while, the breakup. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, so going more to you, marking her as number one she was i guess the official last member yeah of yeah, rtc yeah. because she continued to play that after the group had had dissolved and you know what i i can't think of and this is not to debate the point anymore as we said they're both really close i can't think of a better female to be in that role at that time like, yeah i would have to look at the entire female roster even the um, female roster now like mm -hmm. if you could put anybody from any era in in that role like you'd be hard pressed to think of somebody better than ivory to do yeah, it because not only was she really great in the ring and certainly an attractive woman but mm -hmm. i mean she fit into the uptight personality so well uh yeah. it, it, you know so yeah i yeah her and richards certainly certainly are your top two I, I would welcome any opinion to the contrary and just to sure. hear oh by far um the only thing i think you could make a slight argument for would be that the good father was just a notable concept but right. but certainly yeah. wasn't on top of the other two there and and then when and now i'm trying to think of well who else might put in that role if we're talking to anybody from any time 
at the period, the only other person I can maybe think of without looking at the whole roster might be Molly Holly. Because Molly played kind of a, of a, yeah. of a puritan it, or a sweet, yeah. you know, girl at some points. Sherry Martell, because Sherry can get anything over. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh man, that would that would have been great. Uh, that really that really would have like her without makeup and uh, and all. Yeah, that. the hair tied back, you know, pulled back tight, and you know, she'd get anything over. Absolutely. And today, maybe Bailey. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a good one. Because, you know, when Bailey turned heel and she got like the Karen haircut and some of the stuff that she's been the doing. The Karen haircut. Yeah. I don't know if they call it that elsewhere, but that's a great way to describe it. Oh, that's what I was heard. Yeah, the Karen. <laughs> she's got the Karen haircut. I, I you know, I, I could see her committing to that. And again, I would have to look at a whole long list of women to think who, who might be, um, you know, natural in that. But yeah, it's hard to argue. Uh, ivory not not being one one of the perfect women to 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 do that um and and again not to not to believe a point that's a that's a slim you know one two for both of us i think sure. and and even if something would have happened to richards let's say richards gets injured or they decide to remove him ivory becomes the leader yeah ivory's the leader on top of those other guys and wouldn't that be an interesting concept where you have this stable led by a woman with like these three you know big dudes yeah you know behind her i i think that would have been kind of a cool idea i'm also picturing in my head the uh, when you were talking about the cat trying like sleeping with every member and taking them down from the inside the, the skits with the cat and ivory you know trying to hide that uh, or whatever would have been would have been funny uh yeah, yeah i think so i think ivory would have dug that too you know i think she yeah. would have figured out that but yeah apparently the idea was everyone and then i, I couldn't find specifics so i think well if you're saying everyone ivory is part of everyone yeah who's there and i certainly wouldn't you know eric bischoff and the and the hot lesbian action hla so it certainly wouldn't be against them right or the angle between mickey james and trish stratus so it wouldn't be against them doing something like that. Yeah, and you know, at the time, it's not like they had, it's crazy to think that they didn't go with that. Like if that, you know, I mean, it's not like they had any more, any other high profile angles going on. I mean, they had feuds, you know, like, you know, APA and Dudley's mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, but they could have gone with that. They could have stretched it out or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it would have been fun to see that, but it was what it was. It was about a year long run. And, mm -hmm. then and like I said, of, of, of the stables that we've talked about so far, I would probably say they were the most successful. If you look at wins and you look at storylines they were involved with and you look at titles won, and then you look at the, the, the TV time that, that they got. Now we've only looked at three stables so far. We'll look at more as we go. Uh, but on prom review, I was very surprised one about how successful they were and two, how much I liked them in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even though I wasn't as big of a fan, I did enjoy talking about the stable and re-examining their history and, uh, have to go back and watch some of the clips that uh, that I haven't watched in preparation for this. But uh, if you thought differently, please let us know. If you have a stable idea, please let us know. I was thinking about different stables as we were talking here, and you know, we will we will we will get another one. You know, I don't know if Lost Barrique was would be a whole whole episode, but uh, you know, 
<laughs> I'd have to look at that again. I know I suggested the Job Squad as as well. Oh yeah, yeah, that's about good. from the same era. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So please check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and obviously YouTube, and uh, give us a five star review if you think we've earned it. Like the video, subscribe to our channel, let us know what you think in the comments. For Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next week.